0: What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. It is a special Sunday night show post-Royal Rumble. John is going to join me in a second here. Uh, but before that, I want to give uh, a couple of uh, information uh, about the podcast business, if you will. Uh, we are going to do the February edition of We Want Flair starting on our normal Thursday uh, Thursday evening, Friday morning show And that'll be the introduction to their second match, uh, the second match between Flair and Fujinami, which happened at the very first WCW Super Brawl. And we'll talk about kind of how they get into that match um, uh, for week one. And then um, the other, actually a couple more things, Uh, Robert Silva, he is writing the series on the super lightweights, his, his greatest super lightweights of all time. And we are down to the top two, so that will post on Monday. So maybe by the time you even hear this, it may be up. Look for it on fightgamemedia.com. And the second thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, at least a shout out, our pal Chris, uh, who runs the Twitter account Zach Malibu. He tweeted the Royal Rumble show for us on our fight game media Twitter. I was uh, writing up the uh, the show on the website, so I, I couldn't do both. Or at least I, I couldn't do a, a, as good of a job as, as he did while also blogging the show. So shout out to him. Um, and uh, for the, uh, the Royal Rumble recap, so we're going to do two things here in a second. Um, Paul Ace Fontaine is going to join John and I to talk about the Royal Rumble. And then after we're done with that, we're going to bring on our buddy Justin Nipper to talk about Worlds Collide. He was uh, writing that show up for the Wrestling Observer on Saturday night. And so we will be back uh, with John and Paul to talk about the Royal Rumble. All right, bringing on John and Paul to join me to talk about the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll we'll just go John first and Paul second just just to so that we don't step on each other's toes as far as uh, what we're gonna say. But uh, overall thoughts on what was a pretty uh, I mean rumble, these rumble shows are very long, but I would say it was a pretty fun WWE uh, WWE show to watch. Uh, John, just quick overall thoughts on on the whole four hours there. Actually, I like this. I like this show a lot. I thought it was really
1: good. I thought they did a really good job throughout the show. Um, it felt long a little bit, maybe just like during the Bailey um, uh, Lacey Evans match. It just felt kind of like that. Kind things kind of like slowed down for me, or like, oh man, I mean, I, I realize there was, was a longer show left. But then after that, I mean, the match was really good, so and time went by pretty fast, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I love that Rumble. I thought the Rumble was overall really, really good. Paul, your thoughts?
2: Uh, It didn't feel long to me at all, actually. And I mean, other than the opener, really um, I honestly was drifting off during parts of the opener. Uh, But other than that, like the, 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 I thought the show was paced really well. The, the match that John referred to was, was probably the weakest match on the show. So that may have played into why he felt like that. But for me, at least it was relatively short Um, And the men's rumble was honestly one of the best that they've done, like the best booked. I just loved the the opening segment with Brock.
0: And then it was kind of we kind of had like a mini rumble for the second half. So let's actually talk about the pre-show with you, Paul, because you actually did watch it. I didn't watch it. John didn't watch it. Uh, Just quick thoughts on uh, first uh, Seamus and Shorty G and then the Andrade and uh, Umberto Castillo match. I mean, they were both, you know, exactly what you'd expect.
2: Um, the there there was the building was really empty during the uh, Shorty G, Sheamus match. So that like there was empty seats everywhere. So they like I guess it was a late arriving crowd, or maybe it was like that WrestleMania in Dallas where they opened the the, the doors just before they started the matches. Don't um, remind me about that. Yeah, this. Jeez. but. Yeah, but then the the second match was was better. The crowd was was hotter. But again, it, and it was a decent match. Like it wasn't um you know, I probably like the second like the approaching 3 stars, you know, like it was a good match. It was, you know, like a TV kind of kind of maybe top of the hour main event kind of thing. And and the shorty you know, the shorty G match was you know like a tv opener like you know nothing special and then just a whole lot of filler like we saw that by the numbers video package twice and just a whole lot of babbling from all the different talking heads that ultimately meant nothing but it was nice
0: background noise uh, while i was doing stuff around the house so seamus beat shorty g uh with the broke kick and then andrade won his match so i, I will read this uh after we kind of get through our recap but uh, our buddy Wade was there live and he said that the shorty G gimmick was he called it the death gimmick he said that he was a massive heel to the crowd just by like being shorty G like he the, the crowd absolutely hated his character
2: well I would say that's partially that and then also this was sheamus's first match back after a really long absence and I think this crowd was you know, it's a traveling crowd, and it's probably more into the bigger names. And so, you know, it's probably a little bit of both, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Like, at least that's how it came off. And I certainly didn't see hear the heel heat that Wade was describing. I don't doubt what he's saying. I just don't think it translated, at least during the pre-show.
0: So let's start with the first match, which is uh, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, in a falls count anywhere match and they were not in the ring barely at all in this entire match. I know John, you came in kind of halfway, but Paul, what are your thoughts on Baron Corbin and does he work for you as a heel? I know John likes him a lot. Um I I am sort of kind of in the middle on him. I can see I can see some of the things that he does and I, and I like, but I think, you know, he's just one of those guys that it's almost like Vince was like you know, you're going to like Baron Corbin. And if you don't, I'm just going to shove him absolutely down your throat, no matter what. I think I probably fall between the two of you.
2: Um, I'd like to think that I'm more, if I, if I'm closer to one, it would be to what John thinks. I think that Corbin is really clicking into the seal character and he's, he's understanding why he gets the heat that he does. And he's pushing those buttons and, and and like you said, though, like no matter what happens, he's going to get pushed. So I feel like the, even the bookers know that the fans resent his push. And so they're accentuating the things that people don't like about him. And, and I think ultimately that works to a level. I just don't think he's the kind of performer that should be getting the kind of time that he's getting. Um, and that match, I it was just too long for me.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think that's I think that's kind of the the theme for me as well. Um, I did I did like the match. Like if you asked me, did you like it or did you not like it? I did like the match. I thought there were some really good things that they did. It was just so long, and then they 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 put a, uh, a you know they added to it because Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler came out. And, and and helped uh, and helped attack Roman and then that led to the Usos coming out so it really turned into like this you know this um six this uh this uh six six man and and then you know that kind of led into into the end of it where Roman he puts baron Corbin in in a, in a porta potty of all things why is a porta potty sitting out there for for whatever reason it's a baseball stadium they have they have uh, bathrooms uh and then um and then they actually started fighting on the top of the dugout. I don't know if you still saw it, had the World Series uh logos on it from uh you know, from the Astros. Uh and and you know, we, we didn't get any I, I wouldn't expect WWE uh WWE to really understand what the Astros got uh you know, what, what, what they're under fire for when it comes to the cheating. But there wasn't even really any references. I think it was, it was a pretty uh, easy one if they wanted to clang some garbage cans together or whatever to, to, to reference that. But just the dugouts, the World Series dugouts, Roman hits a spear on, on Baron and, and pins him on the dugout. John, uh, your thoughts on seeing the, the, the part of the match that you did see? I liked
1: what I saw. I thought they did a really good job. It probably went maybe a little too long, but I liked how they broke it up with um, getting rude and Ziggler and the Usos involved that kind of made freshen things up. And, you know, uh, was it Jimmy Uso did that crazy dive off that stage and that was wild. And it, it, I thought they were smart with it. I think, you know, starting in the ring, apparently
0: they did, but they're not that long. Right. Correct. It was a quickly there outside to the ring. Right. Yeah, and it was uh, immediate, uh, I think it was a choke slam through the table on on Roman. Um, so they were, yeah, they were quickly getting out of that ring and, and, and doing the, some of the crazy stuff.
1: Yes, yeah. So I think that was smart. Like, go right into it. Go into the Falls County, anywhere, go all over the building, um, keep, you know, and keep it. Keep people interested that way. and I thought they did a good job and I love the finish man the spear on the on the dugout. That was that was awesome and uh, great visual Roman doing his howl and the crowd going along with him and and the sea of people behind him. I, I thought that was like you know WWE
0: production at its, at its best there. Though I will say and, and Paul, I'm guessing you're gonna agree with me there were moments in this match, especially when the interference came where they did the zigzag camera in and out like oh. it moved like the camera's just moving like crazy. I almost like I used to, I kind of like laugh when Brian Alvarez would say that he would get motion sickness from the cameras and I, I sat there and went, oh my gosh, am I, am I, why is my stomach feeling nauseous? like that's how bad it was for me. That was all night.
2: Like even in the Men's Royal Rumble, like they missed two Edge spears because they were too busy just jumping around everywhere. God, man. that was so frustrating. Oh, they they've got a they got to work on that.
1: I mean, it's but, been their it's been okay. their issue forever, right? That's been that's been a deal it's getting worse. Well, and like really, one of my favorite one of my things I always say like, what would you ask Vince McMahon? I would ask him like, why you do the shaky camera stuff? Because no one likes it. It makes everyone sick. I mean, for goodness sake, Star Wars had a a disclaimer before the movie about the <laughs> lights, you know, so people don't get the epile- epileptic seizures or something. Well, I mean, AEW like, w- has
0: a AEW does something specifically for that too. I think, but hey, um, it, they need to stop that now. It's, it's it's really bad. It's almost like he saw somebody put a GoPro on like a skier or a snow or a, a snowboarder or a skateboarder and you know how when you have the GoPro it's just moving with the person and it kind of jumps around it looks kind of cool from that perspective but it's not you, you could you could only watch it for a short amount of time and then you really kind of want to see something else it's almost like he he fell in love with you know someone using a GoPro and was like how do we make it look like you know we have a GoPro running around the ring uh but Paul Paul, what, what did you what did you think of the, of, of the match overall
2: Overall, like like you said, it was it was a good match. It was too long. If I, if I if it was up to me, I probably would have had that whole the whole stuff with um, Rude, Ziggler, and the Usos happen when they were coming out. So maybe you have like um, Ziggler and Cor and um, Rude come out with Corbin, and then the Usos attack them and take them right out, and then you just go right to the match. Because you know you're having a long show anyways you don't yeah. need these guys to go thirty minutes but right. but like I liked the spots with them it was just it it, it was too long it's basically it and i I lost interest part way through the match but I did pick up at the end and I did like John I love the the closing spot and the visual and him
0: on the dugout like that that was great John you were gonna say something else about the cameras
1: oh I was just <laughs> I was gonna say that I'm sorry, I lost my thought. But I want to say something about the uh, the interference. I think mm-hmm. it was done correctly because if they would have done it early on and Usos right away, there's no reason for the Usos to take them out, just to take them out. So you need to have... Ziggler and uh, Rude do something to Roman which causes them to come out to even the odds that's why they that's I mean I I, I like I like where they put it I liked where they placed it I don't even know I don't know the length of the match but I mean I caught it halfway through
0: so I got lucky there (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but like I said I really enjoyed it a lot so the Women's Royal Rumble was next and this was an interesting placement because my thought was okay if Ronda Rousey has anything to do with this show they're probably going to move the women to the main event position. So when this match was second, I was like, okay, probably nothing to do with Ronda. And really the story of this match was there wasn't, a ton of surprises it was just a mixing of all three rosters and uh, someone had said i think you know oh it just shows you you know the lack of depth in the women's roster and i'm like what other company has 30 women that they could even pluck from they actually have you know a lot of depth which is why they can do a match like this doesn't mean that everybody is is perfect like i think you know the one who stuck out like a sore thumb to me was uh, Zelina and uh, Kelly Kelly actually the, those were the two but still like you had like really high quality women up and down this match it's just it was missing that like little hook or that surprise or that like really cool moment that people will remember which we had several of in the men's rumble but um let's kind of kind of go through just the the different pieces of this match um, the, the the beginning of the, of the match uh, lots of Alexa Bliss uh, and I think partially you know let's say about half the first half of the match was really to showcase Bianca Belair like she's gonna face uh, Rhea Ripley in uh, at, at TakeOver but uh, you know that that was really the the half of this the beginning half was really like this Bianca show let's show her uh, be powerful and and press slam and and i think she had the most eliminations and uh they did a couple things with the hair um and so i was really impressed with what they did with bianca john and i on this show have talked a lot about bianca he's a much bigger fan of bianca than i am but she's an athletic marvel she just is such a talented person and uh, i thought they showcased her well here what'd you think john
1: yeah,
0: they did a great job with her, um, you know, giving her the most eliminations,
1: uh, a lot of key spots, um, stuff with Charlotte going toe to toe with Charlotte. Um, that was really good. So I think, yeah, Bianca Blair came out looking like a bigger star, and and I
0: think they did a good job with all the NXT uh, talent for, the, for for the most part. So then the second half of this match was really about Charlotte. It was about Beth Phoenix, and it was about Shayna coming in at the end there to, to you know to try and and, and win this. Paul, what what did you think about the way that they kind of uh, ended the match? I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, wah wah, Charlotte's gonna win," but you know, we, John and I were watching it with uh, with Big Dave, and what Dave reminded us was that Charlotte was actually supposed to win this match last year. Vince changed his mind at the last second, and so this is almost like a you know a give back to Charlotte because you know, they, I mean, she's she's probably uh, whether you think it should have been Shayna or Charlotte, like she should have been one of your top two or three no matter what but what did you think about sort of the the way that she came in and and how this match ended
2: well i honestly i i came to the conclusion earlier in the day that charlotte was probably winning the rumble and then it it actually the fact that it was on second uh and before the women's title match uh, told me that I was right. And and I mean, I think having Shayna come in at the end there was, was really good. I love the tease that they did uh, with Shotzi Blackheart, um, where playing off of the the Battle Royal from NXT a couple weeks ago, where uh, she eliminated Shayna and then Shayna kind of learned from it and then eliminated her. I really liked that. And then just having teasing Shayna to win, but then having Charlotte win and then Actually, admitting that she's a heel to the crowd and having her cut a heel promo was great. Um, I just, I'm really curious about where they go from here with her. Um, You know, I I think that obviously the the natural match seems to be Becky, but apparently they're not going that direction. So I'm I'm very curious about about how they come out of this. What What did you hear? What do you where? What did you hear as far as where they're going? Nothing. Just that it wasn't Becky. Like that. That's what that's what uh, Dave's been saying, right? Like- yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we need we we think that somehow, some way, Shana and, and Becky, which you know, kind of teases back to Survivor Series, I guess, a little bit. That that that's that's maybe the mat, the way to go. Um, I, I did think that uh, Shana winning would have been great. Uh, but I get why Charlotte won. You know, she's, uh, she's the, the, the main star of that group. A couple of interesting things. Uh, no Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. she was she was missing which was actually kind of interesting so hopefully you know she's not hurt or maybe that's the reason like that that she's hurt but uh, i thought you know i thought her presence because she's actually really good in this match uh, i thought her presence was definitely missed um john and i and, and the group that we were watching with were a little bit confused with some how some of the nxt women were used dakota kai uh how she was used um and then there was a the you know based on 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 the worlds collide show which we'll talk about with uh, Justin Nipper in a little bit. You would think that Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai have something, but Tegan Knox comes out to the ring when Dakota Kai has already been eliminated. They also utilize uh, Chelsea Green; she hasn't wrestled yet, for as far as I know. And they use her here, and she goes out fairly quickly. So I don't know. I I, I didn't think that the. Um, the NXT women were necessarily used to the best of their capability when it comes to uh, telling the stories that they're telling on NXT. What What were your thoughts, John? I was really upset
1: about the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai segment in this match. I think they, I think Tegan should not have been in it. I think they should have played off what happened the night before on Worlds Collide when the, these two girls started brawling all over the building. I think they should have had, uh, you know, Dakota in the match, but then Tegan come through the crowd, jump the guardrail, jump in the ring, attack Dakota, send her over the top rope. They continue to brawl. They continue to be separated. I think, uh, I think that. Sh- I think that's what should have been done. Chelsea Green also should not have been in at all. I like the like what they're doing uh, with her, how they're building her along, and all of a sudden they do this when you know they took her. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, but she was advertised for that Battle Royal, yeah. um, at, on NXT. Well, someone realized, wait, we can't have her in there. She's not going to win it, and they took her out. That's that was the reason. So. I think, you know, why they do that here, you know, I know they need a spot to fill, I understand, but like, I think they could have picked someone else to be in that spot than her.
2: I, I, I feel like they just established her as almost like a comedy goof. Yeah. Like with the way they debuted her.
0: Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. Um, so a couple of other things in this match that uh, that I thought were interesting. Uh, this was a little cute, was the way that they used uh, Mandy Rose and Otis, where she would get uh, she would get bumped out, and it looked like she was going to get get out of the match, and then he was there just randomly to catch her. There was one time where he was on the ground, and he caught her. Uh, it actually played into how she was eliminated, because he caught her, and then uh, Sonya Deville was then bumped out, and, and he couldn't hold both of them up, and so they all... All, they all went splat. Uh Ioshrai's hurt, so uh she wasn't in this match. It sounds like some sort of knee injury that she's gonna be out for a couple weeks uh in the I think she was catching was couple she months. catching Tony Storm yeah, I'm sorry a couple months was she catching Tony Storm on NXT is that how she got hurt? Uh yeah that's what she had got hurt in that match, right? Yeah I think that's what happened Um, you had Mercedes Martinez come in and right as we were talking about, you know, what is she going to be on NXT? Is she going to be someone who is going to be a title contender or is she going to be sort of the Chris hero? Then by the time we finished our discussion, she was out of the match. (laughs) Um, uh, you had, uh, you had Dana Brooke and then you had, uh, Kelly Kelly and then maybe the silliest thing. And I know that they wanted to do it kind of for cutesy, like throwback to 10 years ago, WWE but uh Santino Morella comes out as uh number 19 and he is dressed as Santina as a throwback to an old angle from uh, from before and he looks at Beth Phoenix who was amazing in this match by the way she got busted in the back of her head and was bleeding for like seemed like for half an hour um, and he looks at Beth and she's not down he looks at Natalia she's not down he pulls out the, the cobra and he looks as if he's going to try to give it to both women and they're just like nope you're not going to do that and he bops himself and he uh, jumps over the top so pretty lame uh thing there but um yeah that that was pretty much it but i will say again beth phoenix it was, was kind of cool and they didn't really play this up but i don't know who's the mvp of this match but you know beth phoenix had a great match and maybe she's in the top you know maybe the top five if, if you wanted to say who was the best person in this match and then in the men's match which we'll get to in a second you know I, I don't think we're spoiling anything oh, everyone yeah. knows this edge comes out her husband and he has a great Rumble so it was a great uh, great night for for their family it was gr- it was great to see both of them just just uh, do had do, do well in this match um anything else before we move on uh, from either of you guys there, there was one one
2: spot that annoyed me in in this match and and it it was when um it, Beth Phoenix was in the ring and she was getting like double or maybe it was triple teamed. And then all of a sudden, like another entrance comes in and I'm saying, it's Natalia. And of course, her music hits and you figure she's going to run down and make the save, right? For her best friend. And she just walks to the ring, (laughs) takes her time. I don't know why that bothered me so much, but it really did. Like she should have been running in and saving her friend.
1: I want to say, I want to say that, you know, Beth was, was absolutely amazing this match. Like she... I mean, you know, she doesn't wrestle often, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure she's training at the performance center doing some stuff. But I mean, she looked really, really good, and she was so intense too. Like, like she looked like she was out there to really win this thing. Like I was believing in her. She, she you know, she was very, very real to me, and I, I really appreciated that her work and the Santina stuff. I <laughs> this is. I thought it was cloudy. That's yeah. <laughs> from the uh Body Donna days with the sunny stuff. I was like, is this cloudy? And I was like, realizing wait Santino. Is, is is Cloudy still alive? Uh I think I actually think he passed now I think about it. But uh but yeah, I was I, dis- that's
2: I was disappointed it wasn't Rico because they played his music.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that music? Was did he use that I wonder if you know yeah. someone will know someone will know this. I'm sure Santina used that music, maybe. Oh maybe. I don't Possibly. know. But I I was thinking Rico. <laughs>
0: I'll go one further with you, John Beth Phoenix should be wrestling regularly. Now I don't, I don't know if she, I don't know if she can, right? Like maybe, maybe there's a reason why she's not um, wrestling regularly, but like you put her and Natalia in a tag team or you put her, she could, she's clearly, she clearly could have a spot on the roster and be a really strong character, on uh, on either Raw or SmackDown today, based on what I saw, um,
1: I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't use her on a regular basis because it would just kind of hurt whatever appearance she does. I, I think she's doing a, lo- a lot better on NXT as a commentator. I think she's choosing her spots a little better. Though, though sometimes she will <laughs> step on a toe or two, or you know, kind of flub up something. But you know, she's still so young at that. You know, in that part of the. Her, uh, her career. So I think, but I think she's doing better, even though she said, you know, working instead of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> during during last week's episode, I thought it was pretty funny.
0: The the, the thing I tweeted because uh, I was joking because I, I absolutely do not like her on on commentary. I was saying how she should actually do some commentary in the match, and every time something crazy is about to happen, she should just scream, "Oh no!" Because that's all she does on NXT. She if the heel if the heel's gonna do something mean, she just goes, "Oh no!" Every time, like that's her that's her catchphrase. But um, you know that, that, that's that's just sort of my own um. You know the the way that i look at that commentary but okay so let's quickly um let's quickly take a break 30 second break and then we will be back to talk about the rest of this show what up listener we wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this blue wire podcast be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on itunes a follow on spotify or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on and if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueIronPods.com. Thanks again for listening. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about the rest of uh, of the Royal Rumble. Now, we went from uh, a women's Royal Rumble, which, you know, it wasn't the, the best match you'll ever see. But I think they, you know, I think they did what they needed to do. And we came to uh, the next match, was probably, I would say, now Paul can tell us specifically because he saw the pre show. We didn't see the pre show. I thought this was by far the worst match on the show. Uh, Becky, I'm sorry, Bailey and Lacey Evans. Um, Bailey as a heel is interesting. Uh, Lacey Evans as a babyface, also interesting. I know a lot of people really like her character as a babyface. I just watched this match seeing Bailey outsmart her at every step of the way and Lacey just flat out lose right in front of her daughter and her husband in the front row there. I was kind of like, what did I need to see this for? John, what'd you think?
1: Yeah, I didn't think this was that good. And there's a lot of a lot of missed stuff. Um it's hard to cause you know the even though the women's rubber didn't have well, nothing was perfect, obviously, but they did, you know, have a lot of reaction. People were down. They're tired a little bit from reacting to that match. So they had a tough time getting the crowd back into it. But I just I just think Bailey's just not interesting as a heel, as a babyface for me. And I think the crowd's not really into her anymore. It just didn't seem like and then Lacey, she's. She's just so young and you know and, and green that you know she made a lot of mistakes and but thank God it was short It was only I guess apparently nine minutes but it felt longer than that for me so but and yeah I think they could have done a lot more stuff with the daughter the daughter was the best worker in the match I thought she <laughs> did great that little couple shots they showed of her I would have done something where like Bailey really gotten her daughter's face and maybe like you know grab the fish hook on her mom's mouth and like, you know, told her daughter to look at what she's doing to her mom just to kind of get the crowd into it a little more heat to the match. It was just no heat. And, um, it just kind of, just kind of ended in a, in the blah.
0: It, what's interesting is we, we, we take Bailey, uh, who has a character that is so like young and spirited and, um, Really, sort of like, and, and and I don't know how long she could have done that, but as you know, for she could have done that for a little while. But her new character is very limiting because she doesn't channel young, she doesn't look young, and the haircut and her facials, she just looks like a middle aged Bailey. And I don't, she's not even that old, but to me, she looks like probably ten years older than she is, which is not the way that I, I would necessarily do this but um yeah I, I, I don't get sort of the 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 styling of her but paul what were your thoughts on this one um yeah i mean it was it, it was probably
2: like Either the worst show match on the show, or maybe tied with Sheamus and Shorty G. But I mean, that match wasn't really supposed to be anything. So I, I think I was expecting more out of Bailey and, and Lacey. And I, honestly, I was expecting a title change. Like just the whole way this story played out, and Bailey's had the belt for a long time, and there doesn't really seem to be anything, any reason for Bailey to keep it. Um, you know, it would have been, I think it would have been a good time for a title change, but they didn't go that way, and and they really kind of buried uh Becky or Bailey for or Lacey, sorry, for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, like having her lose clean in front of her daughter and her husband. Um, I thought it was, I was thinking in this match every time they showed her daughter about how like originally the way Bailey got over was she had a young girl at ringside, um, Izzy. And mm-hmm. and now we've got summer, so maybe someday we'll see Izzy versus Summer
0: <laughs> versus uh, Triple H and, and Stephanie's daughters. Uh, uh, Rory three way. Way. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend. Now, I think you know I think a lot of people have many thoughts about the Fiend, the character, and, uh, and which may differentiate from what they think about the fiend during these matches but if if someone said to me out of everybody on this show daniel bryan did the best job of you know having a match that made people care when you know it was the, you wouldn't really point you know you wouldn't really say anything negative if they didn't because of the way these matches are and i i couldn't argue like da- i thought daniel bryan was so fantastic in this match at being Daniel Bryan, um, obviously the fiend. His character, because of his character, he sort of limits what the opponent can do. But even within that limitation, Daniel Bryan was able to do the most with uh, with, with that that we've seen so far. And I was really, I mean, you can't really be proud of people, but I just love seeing Daniel Bryan get things over that a lot of guys can't get over and you know what <clears throat> whatever you feel about the fiend and his character and the way that he wrestles in bray and you know I think I think he whatever he happens he he just gives a lot of different thoughts and emotions like Daniel Bryan was so awesome in this match uh the the fiend does win the match eventually uh, he uh, he puts Daniel Bryan in a mandible claw and then does a choke slam off of that mandible claw but uh, Brian was was in the mix with uh, you know with the running knees and and with the leg kicks and trying to fight for that label lock and and it was really good stuff. I don't know if the match was all that great overall. Like if you were to give it a star rating, but just his performance was exceptional. John, what'd you think? Thought it was really good. It uh, exceeded my expectations. You know, I know
1: these guys have good matches in the past. Um, for some reason, I was a little worried about the red tint is going to be back, and but yeah, luckily that, they that was they, not there. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't have it, which I think they decided to drop it, hopefully for the future, but also because you would not see the the welts on uh, Brian's Brian's back with the uh, with the strap, and you know they did a really good job getting the strap over, which I thought was like a weird stipulation. But, you know, you know, haven't seen a strap match in a very long time, you know, on any kind of uh, mainstream
0: wrestling in, in shit. Well, they said about 10 years, right? Since Yeah. The last one in WWE. And we figured out that it was CM Punk against Umaga in a strap match. That was uh, our buddy Jeremy pulled that up on, on Google. But like right away, they 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 got over the brutality
1: of that match. I mean, they showed the welts and it was funny because, you know, just Big Dave early on when we were watching together, he was like, there's no heat though for it, and all of a sudden, like I was sitting there, like, well, let's give it some time, you know. Sure enough, like, because Brian's such a great worker, and, and it's not take away. F- and Bray's also really good too. You know, he's really good. He knows how to play his role really well. He's a fantastic worker, but Brian really knows how to sell and and really built that drama and make that big comeback. And I I, th- I thought this was uh of the you know my favorite match of the night when it came to the you know the non Rumble matches. I thought they did really 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 well and they exceeded my expectations so um you know it's uh the fiend character is interesting because there's that no selling element to him where he all of a sudden would you know he'll take punishment but then just not feel pain but uh, it's a kind of it's, it's kind of weird to me sometimes but i gotta try to remember it's his within his character but uh, i thought he, i think he did a great job i like the fiend i think he has a great look um it's unique it's different i'm not a big fan though that wacky championship belt I think that just is just it's just silly it's just it's just silly they shouldn't have that same thing with the, the smoking school belt i hated that thing i hated the warriors blue world title belt i think they just keep it all this just just regular you know keep the champions of records this drives me nuts but yeah i gotta sell and- merchandise i understand
0: yeah that that's that's the major part of it but like if you think about what a belt is and what you're fighting for you're like i want that That's like a jewel. It's a gem. It's beautiful. I want to have that in my possession. Because who beats the fiend? And then he's gonna hold that thing up. Yeah, exactly. Just goofy. All right, Paul. Which what what were your thoughts?
2: Um, I honestly like for. I would say for me, like a. Maybe like the Becky Oscar match a little bit more than this one, but I,
0: I I did too as well. Yeah,
2: but it was really it was much better than I thought it was going to be, and and everything you said about Brian is, is true. Like, um, they could go back to him as world champion anytime, and it would work. Um, he's over. Um, he's got the ability to just build to a finish, and and just the way he worked the crowd even after the match, like he didn't lose a thing, as opposed to just about anybody else that's been in there with the fiend who at the end of it, they just, it, it they're just useless. Like he actually came out of it. Like he got beat clean and he still came out of it just as strong as he was going in, which, which is just a Testament to him um, more so than the booking. But you know, they, I think they put him in a position where he could do that. So, so that was really, really good. And as for the belt, like, I think the reason you want to beat the fiend is so that you can replace that monstrosity <laughs> with your own monstrosity. <laughs> So can uh, go back to having uh, a hemp belt.
0: Oh no. yeah. Exactly. That's right. I hate that exactly. one Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think you guys are, are right on the money with that. So let's talk about uh, Oscar and Becky Lynch. Now this is a storyline that goes back a whole year, even though it was dropped. Uh, but thanks to uh, Paul Heyman, it was picked back up for, for this show. Uh, and, we had a really good women's match. I think the thing that that stood out to me in watching this match is there are women on the WWE roster who are quality wrestlers. Like, I I know I probably like Charlotte a lot more than than some. Uh, obviously, we've you know there's Becky. We've talked about Sasha, uh, and then you know there's Io and there's uh, Kyrie Sane. But man, just for you know, Asuka is just that next step up to the upper echelon in the company and she really stood out in this match just everything was so good she makes everything so believable when she feels pain you feel pain and when she's putting a hurting on her opponent you feel that hurting like there's just so she's she's there are very few men in that company who are who are better than her or, or who could touch her. Uh, you know, Becky's the Becky's the star. She's the one that they're building around. And so, you know, she's gonna get hers and she's gonna, you know, she she played a little bit of um uh, of no selling there a, a little bit until she got kicked and then she went down there was a the, there was a spot where she'd gotten kicked and she gotten knocked out and the referee was about to stop it and call the match for oscar and becky grabs his leg and is begging no, no no i got this and she fights back fights back fights back thing gets boom blasted again she kicks out and then she's fighting for the whole match trying to get that disarmor on and uh, she outsmarts the heel by popping oscar in the gut while she's got the mist and oscar sprays it up in the air gets put in the disarmor and a uh, match over for to to get over the babyface superstar, I thought that was really well done. But the the star of the match to me was not Becky; it was Asuka. John, what are your thoughts?
1: No, 100% agree. is amazing. She did, you know, she was the, she, you know, she was the glue to that match. She, she was uh, the ring general, I guess, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, she, everything she did was fantastic. The timing, the pace, I like this match a lot. It's one of the better women's matches I've seen in in a, in a long time um, on the main roster at least. And yeah, I, I mean that, that crazy bump she took, that gourd buster to the floor that Oscar oh, yeah. took like, but like just how pr- she took that thing perfectly. Like she kept her body straight. She turned her face, she had her hands out perfectly like it is, but that was a, just a nutty bump. And, um, yeah, and the finish was great. I thought the finish looked really good. And, you know, and I love that spot which she was, you know, all of a sudden she got pumped up and she started like no selling the kicks and then bam, one big kick and knocked her down again. I thought that was all
0: great dramatic stuff. That's, 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 that's good pro wrestling right there. I mean, that's kind of like the, the the what you you don't necessarily see that on a WWE show. You would see that on like a New Japan show or something. So I, I like that they took that that spot for, you know, it just made that thing feel a little bit extra special. Um, uh, Paul, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, obviously, I agree with both of you on, on the match. I for Asuka, like, you know, what she reminds me of and, and this is going to sound really weird, but follow me is a shee. And in the sense that she will have the best match with anybody that they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And that's what Asuka has. Like probably just about every woman on the main roster has had her best match ever with Asuka. And, and this was just another case that I don't know if it was Becky's best match ever, but it it might well no it wasn't but it it could have been you know and and like I think she's capable of pulling that out and we haven't seen that in a while but you think back to her run in NXT when she was just like she had matches with Nia Jax and like I don't even remember who else but it was just like she for a year she had that mm-hmm. belt and she was just having the best match on on more shows than she wasn't and and it was I would love to see that again and I I really like I love to see like a really really good women's wrestling match. Like I'm a big fan of it and and I, I just I couldn't have loved this match more than I did.
0: Yeah, I almost sort of feel like you know, I don't know if they drop the 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 tag titles, but somehow Asuka gets that belt. Um but then again, you know, Bailey's the Bailey's also a heel, so so it's not the natural uh, not the natural match, but I'd love to see Charlotte and Asuka again cuz that was such a good match. Uh, before so but we'll see we'll see what they do um, so let's actually uh, get to the men's rumble uh, this this rumble was I mean I don't know who helped put together it doesn't sound like Pat Patterson is doing too much these days but this was a really well put together match when it came to building stuff for WrestleMania obviously the story is is that Brock comes in first and Paul Heyman Says he's gonna go through everybody, and they did the. It was the like the first, um, the first thirteen eliminations were all Brock Lesnar. (laughs) He's in the match to start the match, and he goes through fourteen guys. And eliminates them all, and that's you know almost half of the match. And so he's just tossing guys. Like we were trying to predict. We're like, okay, who's going to be the one to get a little bit of offense on him? And it was like Elias, nope. Rowan, nope. Robert <laughs> Brood got like a punch or two, nope. John Morrison, nope. And we went all the way down, like Kofi Kingston hung out for a little bit, Rey Mysterio hung out for a little bit, Big E as well, but then they get dumped. Cesaro was in there for like 10 10 seconds, Shelton, Nakamura, MVP, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman, they they did some fun stuff with Brock, but then they started uh, fighting with each other and Brock dumped them both. And it wasn't until Ricochet comes in, and then Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre is the person who I uh, I thought would be the best person to 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 get that title shot with Brock. And I know Paul even uh, even uh, bet on on Drew to win this match. So <laughs> you were right on that one. Um, and and then finally ricochet low blow brock sells and then boom drew hits that the claymore kick and brock is out and so you have your your uh, your wrestlemania match right there but the match isn't over yet so you're you're still trying to figure out like okay now where are they going like brock's out so one of the favorites is out and now we go from here to see who wins the match john what were your thoughts on sort of the way that they did this brock lesnar piece of this match
1: um, is what I uh, what I expected to happen. Him gonna dumping multiple people out, um, sitting in the ring. I thought they did a great job. I had knew that, you know, someone's gonna eliminate him, someone's gonna have that moment, that big pop, and that big reaction. And I knew there's gonna be like probably gonna be a lull after that because it's gonna be so hot with Brock is in because you know, Brock just commands the attention of anything he does. And but overall I thought the booking was really good. I think the person that laid out this match was T J Wilson, actually. Oh wow. So, so um um so hats off to him if it was if that's if that's correct um it was i thought it was a really really well done match i think everyone you know i know people are gonna be like upset with certain people's eliminations like oh how could they do it to this person or that person but like some people have to be the sacrifice in a match like this like there just has to be and there'll be t- other times in their you know their run that they'll have something i think and it, like like you know i thought riddle like for example riddle right a lot of people are going to talk about riddle and I thought he did, you know, well for the time he got. And, you know, Corbin litman I don't I don't doesn't bother me at all. Um, you know, he's a he's a you know top heel on SmackDown, so it does it doesn't bother me. If he was eliminated by Shorty G, then I might have an issue. Or, you know, an undercard guy. But uh you know, King Corbin is fine for me. But uh, overall I thought it was really well done. I like Drew McIntyre winning, that was you know, I was uh hoping this would happen. <laughs> um, because I, I like that guy a lot. He's a fantastic I hope you know, it sounds like they're gonna put the rocket on. This is what I wanna see at WrestleMania guys. Listen to me. And I know Brock's down for it. What if it's just one big Claymore kick and he pins Brock? In like one minute? Yeah. I'm saying no. it. Brock gets going on early, collect his check, you make <laughs> Drew McIntyre a star, why not? I'm down. <laughs> because i want to see these guys just beast on i know me too me too (laughs) but i'm just saying i'm just saying i am just saying i can see that happening (laughs) though hey man i called goldberg winning
0: brock uh, yeah you did you actually did call that um all right before uh, before we get paul's thoughts uh quickly john what did you think of the rumor that kind of got out from backstage which is that riddle and brock kind of walked past each other and there were words said uh business this is just business this is something set up for the
1: Paul working his magic, uh, just putting stuff in people's back of their mind when something happens later on. That's what I think. It, I think this is all business.
0: But even after Riddle kind of just gets a, gets a couple of things in and, and is dumped? Oh, yeah, because so. Riddle's not coming. Riddle's
1: not coming up anytime soon. He's going to be in NXT for, I would believe, this year at least because, you know, they need their, you know, as much talent as possible, you know, competing on Wednesday nights. And I think this may be something down the line for maybe 2021.
0: Okay, Paul. So the next part of this match is really now you're getting like the the guys who are going to be in here at the end. Um, Edge comes in. AJ Styles comes in. Though AJ Styles looks like he hurt himself at some point during a, a spear, taking a spear from Edge. You get um, you get like you said, Riddle, who's in there for a short time. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Black, Samoa Joe, and then at thirty, Seth Rollins comes in. So so now now. Game's on. We get down to the top five. The top five is Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Edge, McIntyre. How did you like the way that they kind of got down to that like final five?
2: I mean, I, I think uh, once Seth came in, uh, just watching it, I kind of assumed that that, that was going to be the final five and then that Rollins would be the first one out because I think Rollins is not really in that world title mix right now and he's got something going with, with his crew and and uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and I could probably Alistair Black now. Um, I, I absolutely loved the performance of Randy Orton in this match. Like, I rarely go back and watch rumbles, but if I do, I'm going to start when Randy Orton came in and just watch him. Like, his facial expressions in certain parts, especially when he was interacting with Edge, and the way the crowd reacted to him was just masterful like it's I've, I haven't seen that out of him in so long and then just the way he was eliminated and it looks like it's probably setting up a, a match with uh, with Edge at WrestleMania maybe um, I, or you know maybe they're going to make up and have a tag team match I don't know but I'm very curious to see where that goes and I was curious like uh, what happened with AJ like I, it almost looked like he was eliminated by mistake like the way that Edge reacted and just the way the match kind of happened after that with both members of of the OC coming in shortly after that. Like, it, sh- it was supposed to be all three of them. And if that was what happened, they they sure as heck did a really good job of, of booking the match, like, after that, like, to make up for the fact that one of the top guys wasn't in there.
0: So what I saw is, like he was stuck in the corner and he was just kind of sitting in the corner. And I noticed that three of the referees were just talking to him. Like they were grouped together and they were talking to him and it's like, Oh, something's going on with AJ. And then when he gets up, he's like hanging his left shoulder. Like he's, he's, like, he's just like hanging there and he does some stuff with his right arm. But then, you know, he, he, it looked like they may have called an audible and said, Hey, you know, I need get to get him out, out of there. here. Yeah. And, and he, he tried to do the thing where he hangs on with one hand, but obviously he wasn't, he wasn't going to do it. So that's what just what I saw. I'm sure we'll hear, you know, from uh, observer or something uh, later tonight or tomorrow morning, but that's, that I noticed immediately that they were huddled near him. And then if you think about it, it probably came from the spear that he took where he did the flip, right? Because he did the full flip off of the spear from edge. Uh, but just, uh, uh, taken um, uh, the piece of the email that, that Wade sent me because he was there live. He said that the pop that Edge got when his music hit was damn near the loudest he's ever seen live, just massive. And you're talking about Wade who goes to tons and tons of uh, of, of big-time wrestling events. So that says something that, you know, that crowd was that fired up for that guy. And look, you know, he was... He was in shape. Uh, now, oh. I sort of I sort of made fun of the the gray beard a little bit because it did age him, but he was in great shape. He didn't move quite like you know two thousand and five Edge, but yeah, it's fifteen years later. He still moved good, and uh, he hit everything. The timing, all that stuff looked really good.
2: Yeah, he. The other thing is, facially, he kind of really looks old. Like, when they did some close ups at the end, like, he looked old. But, but, but moving in the ring and his body, like, incredible.
1: Yeah, so, I, thought Edge, I thought Edge looked fine. I thought he looked great. Um, he did look a little older, but, you know, shoot, like I said, 50 years later. Yeah. But we were both, yeah, joking about the dying of the beard. Like, come on, man. Just a little, a little die job on that. But, uh, yeah, I thought, I think, um, I wonder if the Orton elimination. I'm guessing it was planned. I'm guessing it was planned, but part of me thinks like well, if it was in a, kind of an audible with Orton and Edge, because I think from um, when Edge made his debut and the way that AJ reacted, them going at it, I just felt like that was like a tease of a future yeah, that, WrestleMania that's match.
0: Too. That's what I. That's exactly what I thought.
1: And and I, I'm guessing Rated RKO is supposed to join up together and face all three members of. The club in this, and of course that didn't happen. I did see the refs talk to AJ as well, and then they 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 probably asked him, "Can you go to the top rope? Can you, you know?" And so then they, you know, he went right up to Edge, and, and he was right, he's right in the Edge's face, and they just, you know, next you know he was thrown out. So, um but yeah, I thought he looked really good. I thought they did a good job. Um, I was shocked that it, they had. Rains eliminate him because I thought, Oh how would, why would they want people to boo Reigns Again you know like you know Edge is obviously their favorite because you know They just you know love seeing a, a Star return like that and then and Reigns is the one that eliminates and I'm like oh no here We go again but I, I you know they didn't want anyone To boo true, which uh, Which they have you know big plans for So um, it made sense on that on on that right, but uh, yeah, I thought you know welcome welcome back Edge, you know and it's nice to hear Alter Bridge again on that on the loud speakers mm-hmm. and just you know blaring through. I love that song, and um, I can't wait to see what they're gonna do. I hope Radar K.O. kind of teams up against the club, but you know if AJ's hurt, you know they can do some fun tag matches with Carl mm-hmm. and Luke Gallows. Mm-hmm.
0: So the final five, like I said, Orton, Rollins, Reigns, Edge, Drew, Seth tries to get Roman to team together. He's he has the fist out. He's like, "Come on!" Like, but he's he's not like begging Roman like a friend would. He's like screaming at him as if like Roman has to do it. And Roman is about to bump the fist, but instead he throws a Superman punch. Um, and everyone hits their move on Seth and Drew throws him out. Then,, uh, like John said, Edge goes a little rogue on Randy Orton, tosses him out. Uh, Edge spears Roman, and they both uh, and then Roman he he's he's outside on the apron. And it looks like he's gonna get speared out by Edge, but he doesn't. And instead, they fight on the apron. Uh, And finally, Roman uh, kicks his hand or punches his hand or whatever, takes it off and edge falls out. And so you have Roman and Drew at the end. And Drew hits Roman with the kick and tosses him out with the Claymore kick. And so Drew wins. And, you know, I'm very happy that they actually went all the way with Drew after he eliminated Brock. I assumed, okay, he's probably not going to win this match now. They can have someone else win. I thought it was going to be Roman so that Roman could go face the fiend, but I can see why you don't want it to be Roman because you end the show on maybe not so happy note. And here the fans are excited. Uh, new guy kind of, even though he's not new, but you know, new in sort of the main event, main event picture. Uh, John last, any last thoughts on, on the end and drew winning. Um, I, I thought the right decision, um, something fresh, something
1: new is what they needed. I thought also, going back a little bit, Keith Lee, what they did with him, that mm-hmm. short, I mean, it wasn't long, but he got over big time. You know, Brock really made him look good. I mean, that shoulder tackle, just that one shoulder tackle made Keith Lee even more. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, how they eliminated him was uh, perfect, you know? Like, you know, he got eliminated both him and Braun Strowman together, Brock did, so that was really cool. And, you know, let's, let's also give up to, I mean, it was funny, you know, I shouldn't, peel you know, it's Twitter, right? Toxic Twitter. It's just funny, like, seeing, like, people, like, bag on Roman Reigns still. And I'm like, he's everything you guys want in your wrestlers. Hard-working, great matches. You know, he's a good promo. Like, he busts his, you know, ass every single damn match that he has. Like, he puts max effort. Everything you say, oh you, you love some new Japan guy for like Rowan mm-hmm. does the same thing. He does mm-hmm. it. He is great. And I think people should just universally just love that guy for that because he is a fantastic worker.
0: Mm-hmm. Paul thoughts.
2: Uh, I, I got to put over the, the spot where it was when it was, um, the, the new, di- the new day and, uh Ray Mysterio and Brock in there and the the new day were working over Brock and then Biggie gets down on the down on all fours Ray does this the, does a the splash off of his back Brock catches him tosses him over jumps on Biggie <laughs> and takes out uh Kofi that was amazing like I yeah, just love that spot whoever and came Brock, up with that man oh, like, that was that, awesome that had to be, I guess TJ probably right that's yeah, yeah. like right up his alley and then Brock's reaction when when Keith Lee comes out like at first he kind of looks at him oh it's a big dude then he gets in there and he looks over at Paul and he says who the bleep is this (laughs) like he literally audibly said that and he just kind of looked at him and they were like okay here we go you know it's a couple hosses here I just I love that and then uh, you know just like uh, overall like i just i thought this match really like again was i mean it's hard to judge without really looking at it but it, but it's way up there in my in my favorite rumbles like somewhere probably between 5 and 10 you know overall
0: yeah i think i think it's a good uh it's a good number and and if it is you know that's i think what are we Gosh, we are, uh, 30, yeah, 33 years of rumbles. And now, you know, we're doing two a year. So. Oh, and then uh, one other thing I wanted to say was just
2: the fact that they managed to get a guy that apparently if, if Michael Cole was telling the truth has never had a world title shot, the amount of time he's been in WWE and the amount of time he's been a top guy. Um, it's kind of amazing when you think about it.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that is uh, that is the show. I, I guess the only, you know, the if you want to say who could have been in the match or who was rumored to be in the match. So obviously, no John Cena, um, Kane Velasquez. They were talking about him being in this match. He was not in this match. Um, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of who else. You know, people. Kane. Thought, <laughs> not the Kane other Kane was supposed to be yeah, in it. The, the other Walter. Kane. Walter was not. Thankfully, he he wasn't for me, at least, because he was such a badass uh, the the night before, which we'll talk to Justin about. Um, But yeah, overall, you know, I can't I I can't think of of anything else that they could have done. And so uh, just to kind of we're in real time here. Edge just tweeted about 15 minutes ago. My wife is a badass. (laughs) So it's good. Good to be part of their family tonight. Debits Um, and credits, folks. Debits and credits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Paul, before we let you go, any thoughts, any quick thoughts on uh, the UFC from last night? Uh, I don't I don't know how much you saw or, or the- oh, I, uh, I covered oh, it for the well. site. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I covered the UFC show and then uh, for the Observer site. And then I also watched the Bellator show. Um, you know, there wasn't a ton there. Um, really, really good uh, fight. Uh, on the prelims, um, Montel Jackson, uh, I can't remember who his opponent was, but he was landing these incredible shots that the the guy wouldn't go down, and then and then he would just take him down, and he would take him down for a while, and then they go back up on the feet, and he was just killing them. Like he looked like he was trying to literally knock his head off. I don't know how the other guy stayed up. It was just it was one of those fights that you you kind of want to go out of your way to see. It was completely one sided, but the guy just wouldn't go down. And then of course in the main event, Curti- uh, Curtis Blades just uh, you know like destroyed Junior Dos Santos in the second round. Um, Where do you, who do
0: you who do you put him with? Because he's obviously uh, yeah. standing in line now.
2: I guess you put him against the winner of Nganu and Rosenstruck. Um He's already lost in N'Ganu, but um, you know, like when you got Stipe is going to defend against Cormier, it looks like like there's ne- he's not going to get a title shot probably for a year. So you got to do something with him. So I, yeah, that's what I would do is is put who's him in just
0: who's, who's just outside of those guys though. If if, if Ngannou... Um, or, or, or Rosenstrike wins, you know, and they go, Hey, you know, I kind of want to wait for my title shot. Who, who can Blade Derrick stay busy? Lewis, yeah, that'd be good.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I really want to see that. Like, cause I kind of have a feeling of how it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just him taking him down over and over again. Like, Lewis doesn't have any kind of takedown defense. Um, I, I, I think like I, I would, cause he's, he's, he does have that loss to, um, to in on his record, so he probably wants to avenge that. Um, Alexander Volkov, you know, um, he's—I think he already beat Overeem. Walt Harris, but I don't know if he's even going to fight again. Yeah. Um, and then you know, it kind of gets really weak after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he,
0: he looked—he looked really light though. What did he weigh yeah. in
2: at? Uh, he what? Uh, Dos Santos or Blade? No, 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 uh, Blades. Blades was two sixty-five holy cow he looks so thin to me but they said he doesn't cut but that's just like that's his walk-around weight but he's huge like he i think he's six five um and he's he's just like he's just cut like but but yeah he's 265 and he doesn't cut weight um but yeah because he mentioned that on the thing because junior was 240 and so he had him by like 20 pounds and and it's a soft 240 like junior's old um yeah. and and then uh there there was a flyweight fight as well on the, on the main card where um Alex Perez won and he's like 5 and 1 now in UFC and his only losses to Benavidez so he should probably you know either get a title shot or a title eliminator shot against the winner of the uh Benavidez figueroa fight next uh next month. And then in the Bellator show uh Pico had a lariat KO which was I saw really that. Cool. One. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Cyborg did what Cyborg does. What, what, what,
0: what could what could Scott Coker possibly do with Cyborg?
2: Uh, I I she wants a featherweight Grand Prix, so if they can get you know enough names from around the world and do a Grand what? Prix, I guess.
0: I, and and this is I can't I can't imagine like I mean it's going to be you know the ultimate fighter quality fighters though right like there's if no lucky killers, there's no killers out
2: there there's nobody out there. Like I mean, literally, they have all the people under contract, and it's mostly people she's beaten already. Or you know, Julia Budd was was just cruising through that division, and really, Julia Budd is—I I mean, she's a good fighter, but she's probably like she's definitely no no better than any of the people that uh, that she fought in UFC. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe on the level of a Holly Holly Holm, but I think Holly Holm definitely obviously has better boxing than she does. Um, and I mean that fight, you know, she went the distance with Cyborg and, and this, this was not going the distance. Yeah. Um, she wants a rematch, but I don't really see anybody, you know, unless they just need something to do with her. I can't see any reason they do that. But unless of course they do, you know, if they do the, uh, Grand Prix then.
0: Yeah. Probably- I mean, I, I just, I was watching that going like, okay, Scott obviously signed Cyborg. He obviously thought she was going to beat Julia Budd. And what is the plan after? Like he's got. I'm sure he has something, but just Gabby Garcia. Like, oh my god. (laughs) You know, it's a possibility. I guess. Jeez. Um, All right. So, uh, so Paul, thanks for thanks for coming on. We'll we'll let you go. I know it's late where you are, John. uh, We will uh, we will add Justin to this call in a second. Hang on. All right. Justin is joining us now to talk about Worlds Collide, which he wrote for the Wrestling Observer website. He wrote the recap of the whole show as it was going on. Justin, what's going on?
3: Yo, what's going on? Thanks for having me, guys.
0: So did you watch, uh, you obviously watched the pre-show as well. John, did you watch the pre-show?
1: No, I was going to make a point to go re-watch, uh, to watch Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray and Amiya Yin, but didn't get a chance to. But I heard, uh, heard it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, Justin, what were your thoughts on it? Because we did not get to watch it.
3: It was all right. Uh, it, it was a fine match. The, the first half of the pre-show was uh, Charlie Caruso and um, Sam Roberts and Andy Shepard talking, uh, just kind of prepping the show. The next match, yeah, Kaylee Ray and Mia Yim, it was about 10, 15 minutes. It was okay. Kaylee Ray is really impressive. I, I don't watch NXT UK as much as like uh, John and Paul, but... Uh, every time I see her on one of the events, she really impresses me. Yim is good, but there are times in the match where she was throwing jabs and she had to be like four inches off. I mean, it's fine. And she, you know, she was good. I I feel like I'm being unfair because she was over with the crowd and uh, she looked good here. It's just, she's kind of hesitant still in the ring. Like she looks like she's trying not to hurt people and you can kind of, she telegraphs her moves and where they're going. But That's just being a little too harsh because it was okay. But I I don't understand why they didn't say anything about the NXT UK women's title uh, before or after the match. It was a non-title match, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. They didn't mention it, so I didn't really know what the purpose of the match was for either of the women, but it it was good. It was good. Nothing special, but it was good.
0: All right, so this is going to be very meta because I'm actually using your report for us to go through this entire show. So Whoa. That's what we're gonna do. So, uh, so f- the first match is Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov. I think we're already gonna. John and I are already gonna disagree on this because we kind of, I kind of sensed uh, his thoughts on this. But we'll, Justin, we'll go to you first. I'll just give my quick thoughts. So, Finn Balor, uh, Finn Balor won the match. I thought the match was okay, but it wasn't as good as I thought. And I think some of it is 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 partly the fault of uh, of NXT because they didn't do a really good job of hyping up Dragonov. Uh, the NXT, the US show that that's on the USA channel, they didn't do a good job of hyping him up. We didn't really know a ton about him. We, you know, for those who watch the UK show, maybe you know you know about him and you you saw the the Cesaro match, but I was I was watching someone who was wrestling as if the crowd knew who he was they knew his you know his fiery comebacks and his facials and the live crowd absolutely did not know any of that and me as a viewer at home i was like i really i know this guy and i know he's good and i just wasn't feeling like he was working for that crowd like he was working to me he was working for uh what his expectation was rather than what the moment actually was and i thought some of the some of his uh his facials were a little goofy for the moments but also and this is something that you know for them not probably not really uh having wrestled each other before they were just not on the same page for about the first five minutes or so and i think it it kind of stood out because and then in the end you know they, they got much better but i was i was slightly disappointed in this match what were your thoughts justin
3: well, the work itself was great. It was a great, intense match. I'm not too familiar with Dragunov. I've seen a couple of his matches in WXW, but uh, I, I didn't see or I didn't feel that there was like a strong story going into it. But uh, both guys looked great. It was really fun to watch. Uh, about Dragunov's charisma, I don't, uh, we, we kind of discussed it earlier, but. I don't know. He's very intense and it's interesting to watch him on TV. But like you said, it seemed like nobody really knew who he was. And I'm not sure if those facials and his intensity, I'm not sure if that carries over more than like 20, 30 rows. So while it was good, it did come off as this like major enhancement match for Finn Balor. Cause later on in the night, they did the angle with Johnny Gargano, which we'll get to later, but yeah, it it was good. Uh, for not having much story, they they went hard and they went... Uh, it was entertaining. It was good.
0: All right, John, tell me why I'm actually wrong and that this match was better than I thought it was.
1: Well, I thought it was a really good match. I think uh, Off, I think this crowd... I What I sense from this crowd here, they knew... They didn't know a lot of the UK guys. They knew, but they did know, of course, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. They knew Pete Dunn. You know, at ringside he got a big reaction. But they have been on NXT TV, right? They've been, you know, they know them from other Takeover shows, so they know them. When it comes to like Dragonoff and the others, it uh, and Walter was over too. They knew who Walter was, but the rest they don't know. And you know, Dragonoff's. Uh, uh, I won't say he's a project. He's not a project. He's very good. Um, he they're building him slowly on NXT UK. He's definitely going to get the championship sometime down in 2021. I feel, um, I think this is like, to me, it's like, just like almost like a, another test for him to have a, a really good match with someone who's going to, he's going to lose, but he's going to look good. Um, he's a unique character. I, I like him cause he's different. Um, you know, beyond the red eyes and the, and the, but like his, he moves differently in the ring. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't wrestle like everyone else. Um, and, you know, this. I thought this match was good. I thought Finn did a great job, um, and I think Finn still needed to go over a little stronger than maybe Cesaro. I mean, Cesaro's a little more giving than Finn, but I think because Finn is in such an important role right now in NXT as this, uh, you know, the number one heel there, and they're building it fine. I think he had to be a little bit more dominant here. But I also thought Dragunov did really well, and this is a first step, another step for him, and that's going to keep building throughout this this year in 2020. And I think you're going to get the payoff big time. For NXT
0: UK in 2021, so no, I, I like the match a lot. I think I think the the moral of this show in general is they just needed to do a better job of 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 showcasing the UK guys, whether it's video packages or having them on the NXT US show more often. Because outside of Walter and Tyler Bate, I don't think. The crowd necessarily was into everybody um, you know, e- even when even when you got to the to the main event with Imperium, like it was clear that Walter was like you know a god to this crowd. but not at not the other guys on his team. they were just kind of like his, you know it's Walter and friends versus you know, Eichner and, and Bartel are also guys that you should know their names. I, I, I do feel like if they, you know, when as they do this again, they really, really need to hit us over the head with how special some of these UK guys are. Because, you know, if not, then it just becomes like these really good wrestlers who are sort of nameless and faceless and they deserve more than that for for who they are. So I hope. Because I'm sure they're going to do more of these shows that I just hope that they do a better job because they have I me. Mean, we have the friggin USA Network and we know there's 700,000 people at a minimum watching that show compared to whatever, you know, the I, I can't even imagine there's 100,000 people watching uh, NXT UK on the network every week. But, you know, just think of the difference in, in, in that audience and who's going to be watching these these takeover quality shows like I think they just need to do a, a better job of that. Um, okay, so let's get to the Cruiserweight Championship. So you had uh, Anhel Garza, Swerve Scott, Jordan Devlin, and Travis Banks. And my main takeaway of this match was Devlin and Banks looked at this as a fight. These guys wanted to show how intense and how good they are. And Garza and Scott didn't wrestle in that same real intense style. And I think the difference showed in the match, um, not to say that Garza or Scott are, are bad, because I, re- I, I love both of those guys, but there was just a little bit of like a... a di- they, they they The other guys dialed it up just a little bit more, and I think it showed... I didn't want to see Garza lose this belt. Like, I think he fits the belt, and it fits his character, and I love his character, and I want to see his character, you know, continue to ascend but if you had to take it off of him and put it on someone like Jordan Devlin is, is very worthy and he's awesome. And I'd love to
3: see more of him. Justin, what were your thoughts? This match was, was crazy. There's just so, there's so much going on. And I said, the report, it's like, it's cool because these guys are so athletic and it was really, really creative. I mean, as far as the story goes, you yeah, like I like what you said about like th- there was a, like a more of a, a straight match between Banks and, and Devlin, but in general, it just kind of felt like let's go, let's just do everything we have on our mind. And they went through it. There were so I, I couldn't even really I found, I found it hard describing some of the they're not even moves they're like combinations. They're like, mm-hmm. And there's four guys going. It, it was good. It was good. Uh, Garza looked great. Is he a heel? <laughs> we were we were just talking
0: about this uh on last week's podcast because he's the ladies man but then he's also the guy who got engaged in the center of the ring <laughs> like so yeah. we're kind of confused about what's
3: going on with him. I but he, the wrestling was good. Uh Travis Banks looked really really impressive. Was he out for a little bit with an injury, I think? Uh Travis uh, Banks?
1: Um uh, I know he got his eye busted when he was in on TV, but
3: uh I don't think he was out for too long. Maybe early this year. Maybe possibly. Maybe. Either way, he looked really good. Uh, I thought Isaiah Scott, of Scott, looked awesome. Uh, I got to see him a couple times last year in Seattle and Portland, up at Defy, and I thought he looked more like that guy I saw last year mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. He was. He's in his element in those kind of matches where there's just that nonstop, that perpetual motion. He's he likes linking things together bouncing off the ropes and then moving on to some other guy and rolling to the other side of the ring and hitting some kind of cutter it's just kind of like a like a labyrinth path of crazy mm-hmm. moves and combos um, you know
0: you know what you said about him is so funny because i'm watching this match and you know everyone knows sort of how to play the wrestling video games uh, or, or even fighting games back in the day in general, like the cabinets where you would have to do like certain combinations of moves to like do this, like five combination thing. Uh, and, and so I like the way that I watch Isaiah Scott or Swerve Scott Russell is like, he's hitting like all these crazy combinations that would be so hard to hit in a video game. Like mm-hmm. he's hitting them in real life Yeah, and he's God, he's, he's so talented. He's John, extremely- what were your thoughts? Um,
1: just like Justin and especially was nuts and which, which way I expected is a four way with the, you know, four athletic guys like this. Um, you know, there's going to be just tons and tons of moves. Um, I thought everyone looked really good. I thought everyone played their character really well. Like you talked about Jordan Devlin's intensity and Travis Banks intensity. They're two intensity guys, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have swerve who's who's swerve, man? He's kind. He's, he's smooth. He's he's cool. Yeah, he, he's cool. Yeah. So he 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 played his character well. And then you got Inhale Garza, who's you know smiling. He's super talented. He likes to show off a little bit. So I thought everyone played their role really well. Um, I you know four ways. Like I said before, they they are gonna be they're gonna be crazy. They're gonna be a lot of moves. A lot of like combinations, like Justin said. Um, but you know, but like my complaint, unlike my complaint with the uh, four way. Uh, tag team match on AEW, the opener that everyone was raving about, which I did not like. These actually guys went for pinfalls and near falls, and they looked like they wanted to win, and that's why I was appreciating. Like you know, it, they they were going for covers, and and people was you know tr- there's there was it made it look like a match. And I thought they did a really good job with that. And Jordan Devlin, man, he has been on a roll the last couple of years. And, you know, for, I mean, for a guy, I really didn't think much of, honestly, when he first, actually, when I first saw him in NXT UK, I seen him before in zero one, a long time ago, but he's just a young kid then. But, um, you know, NXT UK when it started, I remember seeing him and I was like, eh, I don't know. Didn't, it hasn't impressed me, but ever since he's, you know, with OTT and the stuff with, uh, David Starr and Walter um, and now at NXT UK, I know you guys, I don't know if you guys watch the show or not, but um, like he just plays this great heel character. He's just arrogant. He's cocky. And I didn't want to see the title change I because I love Inhal Garza. I think he's something special. But I think if you want to get over NXT UK to this audience that, you know, is just now maybe finally checking in, you know, for the first time, like I think you have to do something like this. And I think the Cruiserweight title is a title that you can change hands a little more frequently. And I wonder how long he's going to have this title for. It'd be kind of cool to see hell and, and Jordan Devlin at WrestleMania. If it's on a pre-show, it's on a pre-show. It probably will be, right? There's, there's, you know, let's not complain about that. But like, it's just gonna, that's the way it is going to be in a seven-hour show. It's going to hit the pre-show. But like, it'd be kind of cool if Dor- Jordan can carry it through that. And I would like to see Jordan be on uh, NXT USA more as well. What about 205 Live, though? Because that's the 205 Live belt, I thought. You know what? That's interesting because they, they rebranded NXT Cruiserweight title, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what... I don't know if 205 Live is long for existence anymore, but um, um, maybe, yeah,
0: I'm sure he'll uh, he'll defend it there as well I, if they continue on with that show. So, the next match was DIY Ciampa and Gargano against Mustache Mountain, Bait, and Trent Seven. The first, I don't know, like the first... Several minutes, I don't know how long was just them kind of goofing off for the live audience, and you know to to some i I, I know for the t v audience, maybe that stuff isn't great when they're doing pose offs and and greco roman knuckle locks, but it seemed like to me the live crowd was really eating that stuff up, so because they reacted, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, this stuff is kind of fun, you know we used to see this back in the day um but then you know then they got into the into the match, and I thought like Gosh, I don't know. The last like maybe five to seven minutes was just awesome when it comes to putting together uh, great near falls and putting together moments that the fans are just going crazy. I wouldn't necessarily call it one of the greatest tag team matches on NXT because that's really a high bar. But definitely, the last five to seven minutes was was really good. As and 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 some people I, I know, you know, our buddy Doan who uh, he didn't really like this match. And I'm assuming it's because of kind of like the beginning and, and them goofing off a little bit. But if, you know, the, the last part of this match w- was really good. Justin, what were your
3: thoughts? So I thought this was the best match of the night if I had to pick one. Um, what I thought was brilliant at the beginning of the match is, Gary, like what you're saying about, you know, kind of goofing off. But what they were doing was it was so slow and was such a change of pace from that crash bang wallop Match mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. right before. I think the crowd was probably exhausted. Um, yeah, it was the right thing to do. The way they paced it, I think, was what made it uh, made it work. Um, they're all really charismatic, and especially Gargano and Champa. Champa seemed like he's the most popular guy out of the four to the crowd. Um, yeah, the finish was really satisfying, and um, but that's really it because there weren't any other stakes. Um, I, I don't know where they're going with the uh, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, and t- somehow Tyler Bate is involved in this some angle going forward that they kind of uh, teased a little afterwards. But, um, yeah, it was a good match. Um, but if you miss it, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what it will lead to story-wise. Right, right. So, yeah, so it was good. Very good.
1: Jump yeah. I mean, this match was fantastic. I thought um, the crowd was really into it. Um, they took they they knew they knew both teams. Like I said early on, like they knew. Of course, they know Tyler Bate. They know Trent Seven because they have equity in NXT, right? They they've, they've and they knew all their little their little little poses and everything and they had fun i thought and, and justin's right like that's a smart way to play it because you know the match before that had tons of moves so let's 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 bring the crowd down but just still entertain them and keep them involved without doing a bunch of stuff and they're going to wrestle a long match anyways and so it's okay to start slow like this and have fun and and, I, and it definitely picked up and i picked up really well i think tyler bait is really something special um i think he's a tad I, it had bit better than Johnny Gargano. I know Johnny Gargano's just like universally loved, and and he's he's sensational. But I think Tyler Bay has something a little extra about him. Um, he's the ultimate Bay Face, in my opinion. Um, I thought Trent Seven like, looked good. He looked good in this match, too. He plays his uh, role really well in that team. And, um, I, you know, and I thought those guys are just an awesome team. And, of course, Gargano and Ciampa together, you know, that was a lot of fun to watch again. Ciampa definitely was the most popular. He has that something about him that just, you know, he the cool factor, the it factor. And, yeah, I, I love this match. I thought it was definitely my favorite match of the night. And it lived up. And like It felt, I mean, they wanted to be a dream match. And I think the crowd
0: in that building definitely felt it was a dream match. So that I thought they hit a home run with it. And a lot of times when you have that match with the baby faces against baby faces, you, sometimes people, they don't know who to choose. They don't know who they want to win. And so kind of playing it slow in the beginning, like you guys were saying, that probably played to the benefit of the live crowd because it was just like, we just enjoy the whole thing, this whole thing that they're doing, and that got them into the match. Um, so, I guess I would say um, this was probably my most disappointing match of the night, which was Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. And it's quite possible that I see Tony Storm more than you know than maybe even you know folks at at NXT or WWE see her. I just see her as such a future superstar but um i don't know this match just didn't do a whole lot i don't i don't think you know they didn't have a lot of time it's not like the the work was necessarily uh bad or anything but it just fell super flat to me and it felt like a just a um the, the match that was just in the holding pattern until we get to bianca uh, bel-air and and uh and Rhea ripley and i don't think tony storm should be treated like that justin what were your thoughts I think we're on the
3: same page. Um, it felt like a waste of Tony Storm. I mean, I don't follow what she's doing in WWE too closely, but anytime she's on, she feels like she's important. But tonight she felt like she was fodder for Rhea Ripley. Um, and the pace of the match, it just kind of seemed like Tony Storm kind of played heel, but she was still really popular with the crowd. And she... She took Rhea pretty much to the end of the match until um, then. Rhea just kind of won out of nowhere, you know. I didn't really get that, and I thought, what was the point of that?
0: Well, That's- Tony, uh, Tony, I think she went to the top. And a
3: frog splash. Yeah. And, and, and
0: it was, it's, it's kind of a pet, another pet peeve of mine, like John and and I joke about my, my main pet peeve in wrestling is when (laughs) on the near fall, when the person getting pinned looks directly at the referee and I'm like, Oh, he's kicking out. Absolutely kicking out. One of the other pet peeves is uh, when someone's doing a frog splash, if they don't jump up and then out, And then they do the frog splash, like it just looks bad. Like Tony literally just jumped kind of out and just fell. Like there was no jumping up. So it was like a really flat uh, frog splash. Um, But yeah, like it it was just, I mean, and then, you know, then Rhea just like pinned her. It was just, it was really flat, like you said. John, what were your thoughts? Um,
1: It was a disappointing match for sure. Um, On like, if you're looking at WWE, what they're thinking, they're thinking who are the NXT NXT UK roster. Well, first is gonna have some interest for fans to tune in, right? Tony Storm, very popular. Um, people know her from the main roster, you know, stuff May Young Classic, etc. And also there's a storyline there. There's a there's a reason for her to be there because she has beaten Rhea Ripley twice, right? But the problem with Tony Storm is, you know. She had to peel up a little bit. I mean, not fully, but you know, she had to be in control and dominant and a long heat. And I just think she's better as the babyface selling for someone. You know, like like a Rhea. If Rhea was the opposite, Rhea would have been better. You know, if she was a heel, it would have played out be a better match. I think that way. I think people weren't really buying um, Tony in this role. I think they like her as a better as an underground uh, as an underdog babyface. Then I didn't control, uh, you know, giving someone some long heat. I just thought that's what I missed. I think she's just miscast in this match. Um, I understand why they did it. Um, I mean, there's someone has to. I mean, who uh, I'm trying to think on the roster. The NXT UK women's roster isn't as, you know, that deep as um, the NXT USA roster is. But um, I couldn't imagine who. I mean, Jenny actually could have been a. A decent, uh, a decent one in there, but I, you know, but Tony is the most popular; people know her, so that's why they did it. But I just did think, I just think for this match, because you know, I think they had, they actually had good chemistry in their other matches, but that's where Rhea's the heel and, and Tony was babyface, so that's why I think that's just, it's just a weird match now that they're both babyfaces.
0: And then we got to the moment that um, Justin mentioned with uh, Gargano getting attacked by Finn Balor and. And uh, Tyler Bate was involved in in, in some of that. Uh, And then we get to the main event. And the main event, you guys already said what your favorite match was, but I liked this match uh, the most on this show. And I think it was because Walter and Adam Cole come off as, like, major stars just in general and especially in this match. And, look, you know, Roddy and and uh, Fish and O'Reilly, you know everyone knows them too. They're they're great, but Walter was just an extra level of how the audience reacted to him. It was it was really fun to watch, and you know all he has to do is just chop the shit out of somebody, and the crowd just goes ridiculously wild. And that they set up the whole match. That like guys are staying away from chops. They're staying away from chops, and then all of a sudden he hits one, and the crowd just goes crazy. Um, I the, the, I already said sort of what the, the, the problem is that I thought, which is that just the rest of Imperium wasn't a, a nearly as over as Walter. So the crowds just sort of waiting for Walter to be in the match and it didn't really... Um, didn't really make a lot of noise when he wasn't doing something, like you know he took that. What, what did he get? He got power bombed, I think, through one of the tables, and then the crowd just went nuts when he makes it back to the apron. Like they just reacted to him in in such a great way, and I really liked. I really liked the match. It, it got pretty chaotic near the end, where you know it was just um, a bunch of you know the, there was just you know. I don't know if there was tags or not, but it just felt really chaotic. But the one thing I guess I should point out is uh, Alexander Wolf gets knocked out of the match, legit, and so it's a, it's a three on four match. I don't know if uh, how much the match would be, would have been different or not. I, I thought maybe to some extent it actually kind of worked in in favor of of Walter uh, and the crowd reacting to him. But I love this match. I thought it was uh, the best match on the night, and you know maybe the best. Uh, I was trying to think of. WWE matches that that I enjoyed uh, recently. But this one was was up there. Uh, Justin, your your last thoughts on this one.
3: It was a really good match. I think the injury early on, on TV at least, really uh, the tone completely changed. Like the way they were shooting the match, they were trying to avoid ha- having Wolf on the screen. And, you know, we watch a lot of wrestling, so you can kind of tell when the guys are ad-libbing or fixing things on the fly so on tv i think it made for it felt like it derailed the match for a little bit but since it seemed like the crowd didn't really know what the hell was going on so they just thought oh he's injured he's out it didn't seem as serious as it sounded on the broadcast because you could hear somebody in the back saying he has a lump in his throat and when i heard that i'm like i don't know i'm thinking about that and i wasn't thinking about the match but when Walter came in, uh, th- things came back together. Um, I'd love to see a singles match or a series of singles matches between Walter and Rod Strong. Mm. Uh, there were, I think there was a part in the match where they got into it uh, pretty intensely. I think when they first maybe went at it, but um, it seemed like the crowd loved that. It, it, also, this was kind of weird... Gary, you were talking about the babyface heel dynamic and the DIY and uh, mustache mountain match. Here, it was weird, and it felt like Undisputed Era were kind of all mega baby faces, and Walter was too, but the rest of Imperium were just guys. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when Roddy Strong put uh, Walter through the table, you know, everybody cheered, and they did the, you know, all the chants, but then when Walter came back in, uh, they cheered for Walter, but I so I, it's hard to tell a story that way when the crowd just is, is chanting for things happening rather than cheering for people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But over, overall, oh, yeah, sorry, it was a good match. Yep,
1: uh, yeah, this was this was fantastic for especially the you know, for ha- getting a a uh, you know a monkey wrench in their plans with uh, Alexander yeah. Wolf got knocked out. Um, it got a little um a little rough there. But um, I thought they I thought they communicated and settled down really well, um, especially you know considering you know obviously you know the ref probably sh- you know any other time any other match maybe on a on a coconut tour or something like that would have counted three, <laughs> and that would have been the end of it. And but you know this is obviously they're not going to do that here. But I thought you know Drake. Uh, Drake younger Drake works uh you know did did his best he could in that situation, um it's unfortunate for Alex I feel bad for that guy that guy's so talented and um you know he goes he's Sanity, does a great job with sanity and NXT he gets in the main roster he don't do nothing with him and here he is in his big main event match and you know he gets hurt and it's just an unfortunate incident, um uh, but I thought everyone else kind of settled down and you know set the tone um I know Alexander you could tell he had a big moment with Fish. During the, during the final sequence, when everyone's doing uh, paired off with each other and doing moves on each other, um, you, I don't know if you noticed, but Bobby Fish is just sitting outside. He didn't do I mean, He didn't jump in there because I think you know that's who he was going to be paired with during that segment. So he kind of just peeking over the apron. It was kind of funny seeing him do that. Um, uh, it was a weird dynamic because who I thought for sure the undisputed air would be the Bay Faces, and they retreated like that early on. But then the crowd. I don't know maybe it was the crowd got into the three-on-one maybe they they got a you know maybe they got into the idea that you know this guy got really hurt now and then now they're kind of you know um a chair imperium um yeah walter yeah. walter of course he's he just has that it factor about him he just something special i love watching that guy wrestle uh marcelo Bartel and fabian eichner i know they're just they're they're kind of like unknown still but they're so good like eichner's a beast i mean he's chris benoit-esque you know powerhouse uh, intensity um he can do it all I mean, he's he can fly he can you know he can muscle guys up like jeff cobb um he's a freak man and he's a fellow italian so i love him for that um and and marcel partell uh, he just he's his timing's really well he's really good his feet works good he he has a lot of he has a lot of charisma about him I, I see it more on the NXT UK show uh, He's such a technician I think he could be like that He had, like, reminds me of a young regal with the facial expressions So um, he's really good He's definitely one guy to watch out He's a guy I've been really uh, you know, champion for uh, Since his uh, debut in NXT Because uh, I think there's something special about him Still to come And same with Fabian Eichner um i liked uh, my favorite moment of The match is of course when walter and cole get at it yeah i want to see that match and justin just like you man i want to see walter and Roderick strong just beat the crap out of each other with chops yep. oh yeah that would be so much fun and what i was thinking in my mind the way i you know i always think about booking and stuff uh, when i'm watching this stuff and like i'm like man they have an easy story they have an easy reason to put walter on tv on usa versus bobby fish now right hmm. they could do that match on tv and um, they, could do, they could do some more stuff to kind of continue this thread with Imperium and, and and Undisputed Era, which I hope to see, um, you know, in the near future. And I think we will. Uh, but overall, yeah, and I mean, it was funny, my friend who's watching the show at the same time, I, I avoid spoilers because I had to watch later because, you know, I had to wait till the kids go to bed. I don't, they don't watch wrestling yet. They're not ready for that. And so, but I got the text about Alexander Wolf and the match falling apart and, you know, but when I saw it, uh, I knew it was going to happen like five minutes in. And when I saw it, like, it was bad, obviously, the knockout. You don't want to see that happen. But I thought they – like I said, I give them credit for recovering really well. It got a little rough here and there, but, you know, the communication was there. They settled it down, which is, you know, like they're, they're just they're just all pros. And uh, so hats off to them that. And, yeah, this is, uh,
0: this is a lot of fun. This definitely was a lot of fun. So, obviously, Adam Cole uh, does not have a uh, – a challenger at takeover. Are they going to the Walter thing? Or, I mean, he's, he's still got, you know, there's Champa. there's Finn Balor, there's, you know, tons of other guys. But do you sense that possibly Walter is going to be the guy for that Portland takeover, John? I keep sensing Champa. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But yeah. then after I saw how the crowd reacts to any time, you know, Cole and, and Walter went at mm-hmm. each other, they could just... They- the way that they went at it, remember at the last the, yeah. the last NXT show at the end there, I was like, oh my god, I was salivating for them to actually have a match together. And yeah, they could, they could, you know, just uh, change directions a little bit and go with that match for sure. And to answer a question
1: earlier about the Gargano, Finn Balor, Tyler Bate, because. They're wrestling... is like, what, three weeks, I believe? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think Tyler Bates there to wrestle on TV versus Finn Balor. So that's like a little bridge between that match when it happens at TakeOver. So it keeps a, a big match for Finn on TV on NXT
0: U- uh, USA. So uh, which, which should be freaking phenomenal with, when those guys go at it. Or Justin, one last question. What do you, th- what'd you think of the Worlds Collide show... Uh, partnered with the main WWE uh, big show on the weekend versus TakeOver being paired and instead now takeover is kind of like its own weekend it almost now i mean this is you know the, the, they experiment with this stuff because they have to see what what works and what doesn't but i feel like if this was a normal takeover it probably does a little bit better business in the arena itself though i don't know what that means for uh, the network because you know i thought this was a fine show i'm sure takeover is going to be a good show too but uh but what do you what do you think about that whole thing of them separating the takeover and making it standalone in portland and then kind of you know bridging the two rosters together and creating a show kind of like out of nowhere, essentially uh, for this weekend.
3: I didn't really get it until on the broadcast day, I think Tom Phillips announced something to the effect of this is the debut of the World's Collide brand. Like they're introducing it like it's going forward. It's going to be some kind of regular thing. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the decision was made a long time ago. It seems like it was just kind of I have no idea what happened, but it seems haphazard a little bit. So they're kind of just trying it out. And that's what this show – this show didn't feel like an experimental show or anything. What it felt like was like a deluxe edition of uh, an NXT Wednesday show. Mm. It's really good, but um, if you missed it, it's just – it's a really good wrestling show. And maybe some stuff will play out. It doesn't seem like there's a a really long-term plan. It seems like they're just seeing what will work. I mean, if you're going to hold Royal Rumble and you don't have anything booked, might as well just throw something together. Like it's going to be good, at least. It's going to be good wrestling. And the NXT fans love good wrestling. So I don't know where it's going. I guess we'll have to wait till next month to see what happens at uh, NXT in Portland. So I, I think that's where we'll see where these two brands kind of link up.
0: So I was a very bad host with Paul when he was on. I forgot to ask him about his social and where you can find him. Uh, I'll give that out. His, Paul's Twitter is Paul Ace Fontaine. But Paul's also doing some stuff for us uh, for fightgamemedia.com. He's going to be writing a betting column where he and Ryan Frederick Basically, they have a budget of money, and then they bet uh, on the fights of of the main cards, and then they they uh, they kind of keep track of uh, of this fake money uh, over the year. And then he's also doing some previews uh, for us on some of the bigger shows around, you know, just anything and everything about each fighter and what you need to know about each fighter. Uh, so, and he's also obviously doing this stuff on wrestlingobserver.com. He's writing the, the columns or the, uh, the live play by plays of some of the, um, the, the, uh, UFC shows. So Justin, now where can people find you and where are you writing and all that good stuff?
3: Fightman Twitter, uh, Justin M Nipper, last names K N I P P E R. Um, uh, next, Next article, I think uh, I'm going to work on something for you, Garrett. I'll get in touch with you probably after this about it. Um, there's an ROA show coming up, and I'll probably cover that over at The Observer, uh, the free enterprise show. Uh, that's in a couple of weeks, I think, around the time uh, Portland Takeover is. Uh, Voices of Wrestling just put out a New Japan, a new 2019 year in review book. It's like an ebook. You can go to voicesofwrestling.com and find it there i have a little uh, essay in it it's like two pages um I'm trying to think of what else uh yeah that's it for now
0: okay cool well i uh, appreciate you hanging out with us here to uh, talk about this show uh john any last words uh we'll be back on th- thursday but we wanted to do this because uh, you know the rumble's a pretty big show and we also had the uh you know i, I guess it's like a bonus of, of having this really good worlds collide show as well to talk about
1: yeah yeah it was it was a, it was a fun weekend of wrestling so i can't can't complain about that um when it comes to the world's uh when world's collide brand I think this is just step one of stuff they want to do of course in the near future um I don't you know i I don't expect this to happen maybe more than three times a year or or twice a year which I think is good
0: do you think it'll happen again for WrestleMania?
1: no because I think a takeover will be set what should be with WrestleMania I would think you know. Um, but I think something like maybe in around you know on June or you know something like that or the the fall maybe early fall maybe September maybe I could see something they can do something like that maybe twice a year I'd like to see one hand happen in actually UK I know the time difference maybe something they won't may want to do because it's hard for you know you know a show at twelve o'clock for people might be I don't know if people are going to tune in live for that but. Um, Um, I I, I like to see the UK audience, this show happen in front of a UK audience. I think, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. So I I think that's what's going to be the next step. I, I actually...
0: Alright, cool. So uh, that was a lot of fun to, to do this. Uh, we don't get to do this often because we record on our normal Thursday night, Friday morning uh, time slot. But uh, yeah, for certain shows, we'll try to get you know get that first reaction, that immediate reaction to, to stuff that's going on. But uh, so for Paul Ace Fontaine and Justin Nipper and John LaRocca, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.